Can women win with conservative principles in the midst of a Rousseauian revolution? What are the arguments that will not only win the day, but shape the course of policy decisions for the next generation? We dive into the mind of a conservative woman with Senator Marsha Blackburn on the Falkirk Center podcast, starting now. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Falkirk Center podcast. I'm joined by a fearless conservative who has served the volunteer state with distinction and courage. She's known as a happy warrior and has been called a caucus of one. Senator Marsha Blackburn, welcome to the Falkirk Center podcast. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to join you. Well, I'm delighted you're here, and I and I love this new book, The Mind of a Conservative Woman Seeking the Best for Family and country. And when you think about 2020, Senator, uh, and all the challenges that families face, that men face, and women, um, you believe so firmly in conservative principles. And the first thing I want to ask is, what does it mean to be a conservative uh, living in 2020? What it means to be a conservative woman in 2020 means the mainstream media is going to come at you with everything they've got. If you're pro-life, pro-family, pro-faith, pro-business, pro-military, then you are not somebody that they want to say they're looking forward to talking to. They feel as if you have no voice. Mm -hmm. And we know that conservative principles, constitutional principles, that is where we should stand. So you just have to push past all that pettiness, develop a, a, a spine of steel, and continue toward your goal, which is to preserve freedom and the blessings of freedom for future mm -hmm. generations. Absolutely. Diving, diving into your book, and I, I really appreciate you mentioned uh, conservative leaders like Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. Um, and I think this is something for everyone to, uh, in a way, idealize. Um, and then you also mentioned conservative philosophers like Milton Friedman and Edmund Burke and, uh, and uh, Thomas Sewell and others. Um, who is your, I would say, you know, your, your idol, if you will, uh, when you think of the conservative world uh, who helped to shape and fashion your principles in the way in which you lead, uh, who has, who has um, uh, inspired you as a leader? One of the things that for me was so impactful was growing up in a home where conservative principles were role modeled and being able to be a part of a family that our civic duty, our civic Christian duty was important to our family. So that gives you that foundational element. And then as I was growing up and I started to look at the, the world and shape that world view, then being able to go back into the five cities concept and look at how we got our Judeo-Christian ethic with Jerusalem, federalism from the 12 tribes of Israel. Look at Athens and London and Philadelphia, and then come to DC through looking at some of those writers that you mentioned. Yeah. And uh, de Tocqueville, Edmund Burke, and his take on the French Revolution and what happened there. Mm -hmm. Looking at what we learn from reading William F. Buckley and Russell Kirk 
and Frederick Hayek and Milton Friedman and Ayn Rand. And that really starts to put a little bit broader understanding. And I have to tell you, it's one of the reasons I put that history in the book and it is why I added a reading list at the end of the book. As I was uh, editing and polishing it up when I was at the end of 2019, as I was finishing up my writing, I thought, you know, for individuals, especially young women, women in college, who are trying to nail down what it is they believe and why. Hmm. And be able to conduct, civilly de uh, conduct debate about issues and have that point counterpoint that is so vital mm -hmm. to solving problems. I thought, you know what, I need to put a reading list in here that will begin to give direction to yes. people. So look at something and then that will lead them to something else. Amen. I, I, I love how you engage the mind and that is so important in today's sort of hashtag uh, Twitter universe, everything comes in pithy, short statements. But undergirding this is a robust theology and moral philosophy uh, that we, not only as Americans, but Christians should embrace. Uh, and I love Russell Kirk. There's, he's one of these great conservatives. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, uh, the 20th century conservative is concerned, first of all, for the regeneration of the spirit and the character the, the perennial problem of the inner order of the soul. Um, I know your faith is so instrumental in how you lead. Um, what, is, what is something that uh, maybe either a verse, a Bible verse of scripture, or, or something that uh, you have taken with you along the way, or maybe it, it's a biblical teaching or principle that has helped guide you in your leadership? You know, one of the things that I have done when my children were little and growing up, Every summer we would look at Proverbs because the applications to daily life you find in Proverbs. When you look at Chronicles, what you see is how to overcome adversity. And those are things that really have spoken to me. That's very good. I, I also think about the challenges that young women face uh, in this current cultural paradigm, you mentioned the French Revolution, Rousseau. Uh, it seems as though during that time of humanism, secularism, hostility, the entire uh, country of France was turned over on its head. And you're seeing that same circumstance in the streets today. How do you promote conservative principles to a generation of young women? And that is one of the purposes for writing the book. I say it was a twofold purpose. Mm -hmm. And I dedicate the book to conservative women that I have served with in public office because so many times they would say to me, Marsha, you know, there's a double standard. It's a two-tiered system with the media. They will elevate and glamorize liberal women. And then they turn around and they will ridicule and mock and denigrate conservative women. So it's not a level playing field and it's not fair. Mm. Then on the other hand, I would be speaking to women's groups 
And so many times I would hear women say, oh, I'm not either Democrat or Republican. I'm not political. I'm independent. I look at the issue. I look at the candidate. I make up my mind. So after a few years of hearing that, I started to say, tell me what your filter is when you're looking at candidates and issues. And almost to a person, things coming back to me would be, well, I want somebody that believes in the Constitution. I want somebody that supports the rule of law, and I think everybody should abide by the rule of law. I want fairness. I want equality. I want justice for all. I want to get government out of my house. Mm-hmm. I want to make my decisions on health care and on education. I don't want the government doing that for me. And I want to have opportunity for my children. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody's child to have equal opportunity. And it dawned on me that women who would say they're not political would give me a conservative construct from which they were filtering the events of the day and making their decisions. And I said, you know, most women are center, center right. But when you listen to the media, they lead you to believe that women are monolithic in their view, and it all comes from the left. So for conservative young women who are out here trying to defend their value system in their college classrooms, in their circle of friends, it is so important to learn how to say, you know, you have a point and maybe that's correct, but let's just say, what if a counterpoint was true? What if the counterpoint was the truth? Not something relative, not something situational, but the truth. Then what kind of outcome would we get? And to be able to enter into those discussions, and that's why I put guidelines in the book for how to talk about some of these difficult issues, because young women need to be encouraged to stand up. I've got to tell you, we are not going to solve the problems of the anarchy and the looting and violence and crime that is in the streets of our cities right now if we continue to say, if our friends across the aisle continue to say, we're the resistance, we're not negotiating. And if we cannot come to the table and say, let's think this through, talk it through in a respectful way. Very good. I. I also, so I love how you advocate for strong women and I love how you advocate for conservative principles. I think, I think there's a message for young men as well. And uh, what, what, what would be a word that you would give to young men in challenging them and the responsibility that men have to, to stand up and to be strong and to also take up the, the cause of liberty? What's something you would say as a word to young men? I think that young men should have courage and they should undergird themselves with an understanding of what a Judeo-Christian ethic is. And they should have courage to represent that, not to let falsehoods stand. Mm. And I think it would be wonderful for young men to take that as a burden and a responsibility to call out those wrongs and to correct them when they see them. Yes, and it does take courage to do that as well. Um, As a final word, Senator, 
looking forward over the next 60 days. We're literally 60 days from one of the biggest decisions historically this country has ever made. There could not be a starker difference between the two candidates. Uh, Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden, President Donald J. Trump. Uh, what for you is at stake in this election? I think one of the things that is so vitally important and that people need to remember, and I would say especially evangelical voters need to remember, this is a binary choice. And it is a choice about very different policies. This is not a personality contest. And so many times you will hear people say, well, I don't like the way the president tweets or talks or this, that, or the other. And what they are doing when they say that is they are focusing on the temporal. They are not focusing on the things that are long-term. And we have in Donald Trump a president who has been so for and forward-leaning on the issues of religious liberty, on the issues of life, on the issue of keeping the family unit. He has really pushed back against our enemies, and our enemies now know who they are, and our friends know who they are. He got us out of the Iran nuclear deal and the Paris Climate Accord and the trade deals that he has been able to construct that have helped our farmers and our manufacturers all across the country. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and the economy is coming back. Today, we got great jobs numbers. So all of those things lead you toward a healthy, vibrant society and economy. Now, if you look at Joe Biden and what they're bringing to the table, they're saying we want more government control We'd like for you to give up your freedoms, give up your health insurance. We'll give you, we will give you socialized medicine. Agree to stop driving gas-powered cars and eating hamburgers. We will give you the Green New Deal. They want to let felons vote from prison. They want to have open borders. Uh, they want to give health care to illegal aliens. It is a very different view of what our nation should be. And Ronald Reagan said so many times and so beautifully, we do not pass freedom along in the bloodstream. Every single generation has to fight for it and preserve it and pass it on to the next. And when you started, you said something about me being a happy warrior. And indeed I am. I am so blessed that every day I get to stand up and fight to preserve faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. Oh, amen. And uh, God bless you, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Thank you so much for joining the Falkirk Center podcast. And thank you for all you're doing and leading the fight, both in the volunteer state and, uh, and for the country at large. We really appreciate your leadership. Thank you so much. And I hope that your viewers will go online or go to a major bookstore and they will find the mind of a conservative woman. And I hope it will become a resource and a guidebook for them. Amen. Well, God bless you. And thank you so much. The conservative mind or rather the mind of a conservative woman. 
Seeking the Best for Family and Country. Pick up a copy today. Senator Marsha Blackbird, thank you so much.